Long time after All right. that, Lois laughed, thought that was funny. Oh, it is. It is July 14th, 2022. Um, on the prayer list, we have our friend Gary for wisdom and blessings. And we're praying, asking God for knowledge so that uh, Jerry will know what what he needs to, to help his uh, heart rhythm. And I bet there's some supplement or something that the Lord has put out there that would do it. I just we just need to know what it is. The young lady Abby, I guess now for a miracle, she'd had a brain tumor and but she's alive longer than anybody thought she would be, obviously, so maybe the Lord will do a work there and uh, his will, that's what we ask for. Marco's salvation for his son, our friends of the study and podcast, John and Ruby and Bassie and Linda, praying for a young lady named Noel for wisdom. Praying for our police officers, our fire and EMT also. Flood victims in Grundy and Van Sant. That was awful. Did you see any of that? Uh, Marta and Charles for blessings. Well, they're having Bob. trouble now behind Tennessee. Yeah. Bob's children, Stephanie and Mike, unsafe family members up north. The um, situation on the west coast to repent, I would say and God will give them the rain. Also, the Ukrainian situation. Did I modify your prayer in the wrong way? No, God knows what my intents are. Yeah, you know, it's the water situation. I don't know what those people are going to do. I mean, it's crazy. Well, the, the Lord does withhold rain from, from people when they don't do right, or He'll give you too much. I mean, I know that all of us are sinners, but, I mean, California has cornered the market on that. Uh, with the idea of a 28-day period they proposed uh, after the child was born. If the parents decide they didn't want it, they could put it to death. You know, maybe it's got a deformed arm or leg or something. We'll just, we don't want that. We'll just put the child to death. I mean, hungry. China. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, over in West Virginia, the Williamson threw that when they had that real bad flood years ago. Yes. Had FEMA come in and to, you know, set up temporary housing for them and all. Right. That's where they put it. Where? Right in the flood zone where it flooded. Oh, is that so right? So the next flood comes, it just takes it all right out. Uh -oh. That's just how smart FEMA is. We're praying for uh, Counselor Andrew. He asked for prayers for his family, his children's future spouses. That's a good prayer to pray. Uh, Michaela Mays. Hey guys, I'm in my fishing pasture van before church. <laughs> Somebody's in their 15 passenger van. Uh, Mark, James, and John praying for Gary, Larry, Rex, Donnie, Opie, and Ralph. Again for Eric and Rex and Ted, Reverend Davis and family. Hopefully we'll see him tonight. The Trump family, unsaved family members. Ray and Judy, for God knows their needs, and we just pray that uh, they would be met. Ray will give you the glory, Lord, and he's already been glorifying you for good visits with Judy. And uh, wisdom for us all, and truth. Uh, George Weiser, and, uh, senior and junior, and Joe Weiser, and... Um, Phil Tobelman. Phil Tobelman. For our troops and uh, the fire and rescue and police and uh, Gary and 
that say gay, G-A-N, gangs. Karelian gangs? No, I can't see it. Yeah, yeah I, I thought you, you didn't matter to hospitals there. <laughs> Carolyn? Carolyn Oh, okay, forgive me. Yeah. Forgive me. Carolyn Eames. All right, and our children and our grandchildren. Now, let's join hands. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of Christian fellowship. We pray you guide us tonight. Let us learn from your word as we read through Philippians. Teach us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Let iron sharpen iron. We lift up these prayer concerns to you. Praying this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's start up front in Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timotheus. Now that's Timothy. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. We've mentioned this in studies in the past. Um, when they'd start out a letter, they'd say who it was from. You wouldn't have to flip to the back page to see who signed it. Um, Paul introduces himself and, and Timothy there at the beginning of this letter. So when the Philippian church gets it, they'll say, well, this is from the Apostle Paul and, and from Timothy. So this address is addressed to the, the saints who are in Christ Jesus. This is addressed to believers which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. A bishop would be a man. A deacon can be a woman. Some people don't believe that. Flip over to Romans chapter 16. The very first verse of Romans 16 he says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Centra. The Greek word there for servant is deaconess. Deaconess. Uh, a, a deacon is simply a servant. So some of these um, people teaching that women can't be deacons would would do well to read the Bible, you know, instead of cafeteria scripture. And you know, pick out places that suit you and throw away what doesn't, what you don't like. It's not the way to come at God's word. Verse two: Grace be unto you and peace from our Lord, from our from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And there's your first quotable quote verse you hear memorized a lot 
uh, in the book of Philippians. As I mentioned coming into this earlier, uh, there are a lot of them in four short chapters here. Paul had had to deal a little harshly with the Corinthians. They were getting some stuff wrong. More than a few things they were getting wrong. He, he commends the Philippians. I wonder what would make one congregation get chastened and, you know, counseled to straighten up and fly right. And then this other congregation doesn't seem to have any major issues. Well, maybe it's the headship of that congregation. Would the people be that different? Probably not. I think who is whoever was in charge locally. You know, Paul didn't stay there with the Corinthians nor the Philippians. Um, they were under some sort of headship, leadership. They had a minister, an overseer, a bishop that in the case of the Corinthians was really looking the other way on a lot of things. But with the Philippians, they must have had some good um, local leadership. That's my my guess, that's what I would suspect. So, I mean, the whoever's in charge... They had a good jailer. They had a good jailer, the Philippian jailer, no doubt. Well, there you go. Maybe some people, instead of getting celebrated for being criminals, got tossed in the, in the slammer. In Revelation chapter 2, Smyrna has not anything bad said about it. Nor the Philippians, or the Philadelphia too. Those are the two. Well, yeah. yeah. So there are different types of congregation, but they're all congregations. Not at, at all of the chastening Paul wrote to the Corinthians through it all. He never accused them of not being saved. I mean, he did say at the Second Corinthians thirteen and five, but. Uh, examine yourself to see that you are in Christ and you are unless you're a reprobate he does say that but yeah, uh, he called the Galatians fools yeah because the Galatians now they had gotten under the Hebrew roots teaching the Galatians were doing some really bad stuff just trying to keep their salvation with works like, well, I have to do this, and I have to do that. And there's a lot of works-based um, branches, denominations of Christianity now. Uh, take Seventh-day Adventist. They really believe if you don't keep the Sabbath on Saturday that you've got no shot at heaven. That's what they believe. So when they tell you that they are your brother or your sister, they could be if they're not that deeply immersed in that Seventh-day Adventist Ellen White doctrine, um, they could be your brother or sister. But ask them, do you believe that I'll go to hell because I go to church on Sunday instead of Saturday? Now, a really immersed Seventh-day Adventist will have to say, yeah, yeah, you're not going to make it. So that's legalism. That is legalism. 
See, the, the truth about what day of the week it is, we're not sure right now. I mean, here we sit, we're calling this Thursday. Well, this could be a, you know, 2,000 years ago, Saturday. We just need something to track time by. And Paul says in Romans 14, which is a good chapter to take the Seventh-day Adventist person to, incidentally. I had that one little gal radio and help in from down the block. Had to call the overseer down here to deal with this knuckle-dragging heathen on Mountain Dew Drive. She was nice. She was very sweet. Uh, she was going to college, going to a Seventh-day Adventist college, and raising money to do that. And when she went to leave, I said, look, I'm going to give you 20 bucks, but this is not to go to Ellen White School. This is just to put a little gas in your car, not for furthering your trek in that direction. <clears throat> Others are very works-based. Uh, your Pentecostals can be very works-based. Uh, they seem to need to believe that you can lose your salvation. They seem to need that. Um, and that helps them keep on that bicycle. If I stop pedaling that bicycle, I'll fall off right into hell. And Jesus will go, doggone it, lost one. That's not how it works. People go to hell because they meant to go to hell. We have the example of the thief on the cross. There were two thieves. They both jeered at Jesus early in to the crucifixion of all, of all three of them. But later on, as they got closer to dying, the one said, Lord, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And what did Jesus say? He didn't say, did you keep the Sabbath on Saturday? Have you ever eaten pork? Did you miss any days at Sunday school? What about, what about cough syrup with alcohol in it? Have you ever had a spoon of that? He didn't say any of that. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Not a single soul will be denied that final effort of the Lord to take you into his presence, into his kingdom, as you're passing from this life to the next. The only ones that are going to be in hell are not going to be there because, as I say, they slipped on a banana peel and fell into hell. They didn't get the memo. He'll reach out, and all you have to do is take his hand. Say, Lord, what a mess I am. What in the heck what have I done with my life? What did I do with my life? Have mercy on me. All right, so uh, verse 7. Even as it is meet, that means good or helpful, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart in as much as both in my bonds, so he's in jail as he writes this, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. 
grace was shown to Paul, Saul of Tarsus, right? The Christian killer. Probably murdered children, most scholars believe. He said he was the worst of all the apostles, the least of all the apostles, the worst of sinners. But God had grace and showed him grace and raised him up to be the Apostle Paul who wrote most of these letters in the New Testament. Verse 8, For God is my record how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ, inside Christ, from within the Lord. I long after you all. God is my record. Jesus said, don't swear by anything. Not by your head, not by a hair on your head. Don't swear. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. But I think, and this is what I do, without swearing, if people, particularly people know I'm a Christian, without swearing, I will say, the Lord is hearing me say this. The Lord hears me tell you what I'm about to tell you. And then you tell them. And if they know you're a true believer, they know you're not going to dare to say that and lie. I've watched this guy on uh, YouTube, very fascinating fellow, um, Michael Francis. He was a mafioso, one of the big ones. Uh, he's 71 years old now, and he's been out of the mob for a long time. He did time in prison. He's a true believer now, a true Christian. And he tells a lot of the stories about, the, you know, what happened in those days and who was who and how things were done. I, I run across him. Uh, he evaluated ten different mob movie scenes on a, on a scale of one to ten. Like, would this really happen? Is this something that the mafia would do or wouldn't do? Pretty fascinating. Oddly, one of the ones that got it closest to right two times was the Sopranos and I never even watched that but uh, he was a little hard on some of the classic mafia movies he said this is not how this would be done interesting guy uh, halfway through his interview with Dinesh D'Souza about the 2000 mules and the election steal alright but Paul said there for God is my record how greatly I long after you. So God knows. I do. I long after you. And I say this before the Lord. I'm telling you the truth. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That you may approve things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Approve the things that are excellent. And he'll say, well, I don't know that we'll get to uh, chapter 4, but we are to love good things, things of beauty, things of a good report, God's creation. Approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Fruits of righteousness. You have no righteousness outside of Christ. 
But I would, this is verse 12, but I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. And he's, he's preaching to the jailers, and um, everybody's wondering why is he in prison? Why did they do this to him? Verse 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. When he went before these dignitaries, he was able to, because he'd been called in front of them for preaching the gospel, they wouldn't know what he was talking about. So God used all of that, and I'm sure many were saved. God works in mysterious ways. He arranges things. And uh, I don't think he ever forces us through a door that he opens, but he opens doors. And he would expect us to do our due diligence because if not, he would have to send someone else. Verse 14, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. That's a little, that, that might need a little dismantling. What he's saying is a lot of the other believers, when they see that I'm in bonds, they're confident now, much more bold to speak. Is that because they're like, you're not going to shut us up by putting us in prison? That's the way I would take that. Verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached and I therein do rejoice, yea, I will rejoice. I think what he's saying is as long as the gospel's being preached, it doesn't matter if it's Chuck Swindoll and Charles Stanley or if it's Benny Hinn and Joyce Meyer, as long as it's being preached. Now, the problem some, is those people like that is they end up corrupting it so much. They get the doctrines jacked up. But... You know, Jesus said something very similar because his disciples came and said, "This people are preaching the gospel, and we don't know who they are." Yeah. And he said, "Don't forbid them. They can't do it unless God be on their side. And yeah. if they do, they're against God if they're doing it for their own purpose." Yeah. It's the very same thing that Paul said. Right. Let let them let them speak. Absolutely. So, um, verse 19, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation. Now that means his life. He's already got salvation in Christ. When you see that word there, for his own life, for his own well-being. This shall turn out, turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation, and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, 
as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. There's your second quotable verse, isn't it? But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I want not. I don't know what to choose, he says. For I'm in a strait betwixt two. When he's talking about living in the flesh there, that doesn't mean he's living in sin. He says, I'm in the body. I'm in the human body. I'm alive in my flesh. But he's kind of not sure what he wants to do. Straight betwixt the two. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation, now the King James, this word conversation is your way of life, the way that you live. That's what they mean by conversation. Today we look at that word like that means what we say and, and, and how we talk to one another, which it does apply to that. But this is a broader understanding. It's how do you live your life. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me, believing on Christ, you, you come to Christ, you stand on that rock, that firm foundation, and, and you're standing on Him and believing there on Him. Uh, but to believe in something just means that you believe it exists. I mean, the, the pagans and the reprobates believed that Jesus Christ existed. That didn't save them, though, right? Yeah, their, their belief is a historic. And his history, like I believe in George Washington, I believe in Jesus Christ. And yeah. that doesn't say you just believe him. Yeah. You have to believe that he's done that work for you. And that may be why, as this translation, the most prolific Bible translation in existence, the King James, that may be why that word is put that way, believe on Christ. And it says in verse 28, nothing terrified by your adversaries. So we're looking out in the world today, and oh no, inflation's running away. The, the Russians are coming, the Chinese are coming, they're buying up everything. Um, we know the one who is in control of all of this stuff. He's allowing certain things to happen for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Paul spoke earlier, you know, I got thrown in jail. But it worked out for the good, for the furtherance of the gospel. There's a lot of things that the Lord is allowing 
for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. He certainly allowed the election to be stolen, and we have the evidence how that happens now. And if you haven't seen Dinesh D'Souza's documentary, 2,000 Mules, you need to. You can't come away from watching that and believe anything else other than they flat out stole it. But God let them. Shouldn't we believe that that was for the furtherance of his will and the coming kingdom? You have to believe that. Chapter 2, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. A lot of people will remember that passage. Verse 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Real hard. Real hard, especially when some people act the way that they act. But realize too, He's speaking as he opened up here. He's writing to the saints. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Well, I can't esteem a child molester better because of what he's done. I suspect that the Lord here, by his Holy Spirit in the hand of the Apostle Paul writing it, is saying, Your brethren your sisters, your brothers, esteem them better than yourself. I don't think there is salvation for a child molester. And I base that on what Jesus said in Matthew 18. He said it elsewhere that if you harm one of these little ones, if you harm one, he didn't say what, but you can kind of get the gist of it. He said it would be better that you had never been born. It would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and tossed overboard and drowned in the depths of the sea. He didn't say if you harm one of these little children, you better straighten up, you better repent, you better turn to the truth and get saved. He didn't say that. Salvation does not seem to be an option for those who harm the little kids. That's what I read. That's the way I see it. Could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong. You think that applies to the abortion issue too? <clears throat> Depends on whether they know what they're doing or not. Mm-hmm. And many people have been coerced into having one. Obviously, Paul probably killed his children. Too, so oh yeah. I, mean, he obviously I think that's a different yeah. thing. Yeah. And many people that have been involved in the abortion industry. That movie, uh, Unplanned, it's called. Uh, um, Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. He. He kind of spearheaded that and financed it, and it's a real, it's a true story about this lady who was really, really moving up the chain at Planned Parenthood, being asked to give speeches, celebrated, given raises, given more and more authority, and she walked in one day when she saw an unborn child on the um, um, sonogram saw an unborn child on the sonogram get sucked into a vacuum. 
And it, it just, she hadn't seen that. She hadn't seen the reality of it. So a lot of people, when they come face to face with the reality of it, they'll say, yeah, this is absolutely wrong. And, um, but there are those who seem so hardened in their hearts that they'll watch something like that and laugh. I don't know how far you could be gone from the truth and from righteousness and, and still be able to come back. It encourages me when I hear people say, oh, that's not real, that's not true. They don't kill babies in the ninth month. They don't abort children in the ninth month. The truth is they do. They do. They'll come at you and say, uh, well, what about the poor? What about the poor? Would you rather be poor or dead? Answer me that. Well, what about the health of the mother? Shouldn't abortion be allowed? Well, and I'll, I don't go there with them. I go back. I push it back into their court. And I say, let me ask you this. Here we have a, a healthy child going inside, a healthy mother that would come to term and be delivered into a family of good financial means, into a community of good schools, and good job opportunities when the child grows up to go to, you know, to go to work, should that mother still be allowed to abort that child? So if they say yes, then it doesn't matter about the, anything And they, they do say, say yes. But, well, they know that. You know, it's like you're playing chess, and you get to the point of checkmate, and, and they want to do like the pigeon and take a dump on the board and knock the pieces out. You know, the they... Uh, they'll try to say, you're just making up these scenarios that aren't really happening out there. And I said, okay. I did the, uh, one lady, I said, what if I am? What if I'm just making this up and it's never happened before, but coming up on the horizon, there's this healthy child past the eighth month, developing normally, all the signs are good, into a stable marriage, into a situation of good financial provision, should that child be allowed to be aborted or not? They won't answer that question. That's very telling because they know how bad what they really think sounds. But you know, sometimes you have to turn the flashlight onto the cockroaches. Now, am I calling people cockroaches? Not really. If they're, you know, if they're reachable. I mean, we're like stick <laughs> I was more worse than a cockroach most of my life. I used to be very pro-abortion. I wasn't saved, and I would I would debate Christians, and I would ask them, "What happens to this baby when it gets aborted?" Then you say it's a little person, it's a soul in there. They said, "Well, it goes to Jesus. And the soul of the child goes to Jesus." And I said, "So where's your problem there? Isn't it better to be with Him than to have to live in this mundane, hard existence?" They couldn't answer that. They didn't know this book well enough. Early in Genesis, God gives man dominion over the animals, but he has dominion over us. I used to ask, well, why is it okay to put a dog or a cat to sleep if it's sick beyond, you know, healing back? Why is it okay to put them down? But you can't do that for people. 
the person's not going to get well, they're terminally ill, they're in constant pain, why can't you shoot the juice to them and put them down? They couldn't answer that. But the answer's in Genesis. We don't have dominion over mankind. We do have dominion over the animals, but not over our... our uh, Man's made in God's image and animals. We are. That's right. Okay. Verse 4, Philippians 2. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We should have compassion on others. We were coming back from work the other day and I saw a car on the side of the road there about a half, three-quarter mile from that truncated bridge before the exit here. I saw it parked there and I went a little further and this lady walking down the side of the road. Fortunately, I caught Forrest on the phone. Him and Colonel Ron was able to stop and help her. A cop actually stopped too and he gave him an escorted ride through the median two different times, didn't he? <laughs> so he could get some gas to her. But... You know, that woman could have been meaner than a striped snake, as they say. Who knows? I'm not sure. Did she seem good? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, she could have been one of them screamers that come into those rallies that uh, lament the fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned. They shriek. I told one the other day. I said, nobody can shriek like a liberal, you liberals. We don't shriek like, we don't, we don't do that. I've seen y'all. I've seen your own video. But that lady had a need, and, you know, Colonel Ron and Forrest met that need. They had gas with them, and I think that's what God wants us to do. Verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Another quotable verse already, right? who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. God foreknew that Roman crucifixion, if you look in Numbers 2, he laid out the camps of the Israelites by tribes. He said the temple will be here, and you all go to the north and set up your tents. You all go to the west and set up your tents. You all come to the east and set up your tents, and you all go to the south. From the eastern sky, the sky where the Lord will return, according to the scripture. He will return from the eastern sky. But from the eastern sky, looking down on the torch-lit encampments, is a burning Christian cross. Verse 9. I mean, it's like God's showing himself even. That's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. Because it was kind of funny how he laid out all of those different peoples to go north, south, east, and west from the, the intersection where the temple was. Why didn't he make it all even? Right? He didn't. He made it look like the cross. 
Verse 9, Wherefore God also, also hath highly exalted him, that's Jesus Christ, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. More memory verses. We're just a little ways into the second chapter, and we've already, what, have like five? Verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, now your Pentecostal will latch on to the last half of that verse. Say, see, you've got to work out that salvation. You've got to work for it. You don't just sit back on your laurels and drink beer. You've got to work for it. That's not what that says at all. Work throughout your life, your salvation, your life. You notice we saw salvation earlier in chapter 1, verse 19. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer. Not to his salvation as far as being born again and saved in Christ. His life, that's what's being talked about there. Same thing in verse 12 of Philippians 2. Work throughout your life with fear and trembling. You have to be fearful of God. You have to know that He has standards. You have to be aware that you can drift away and get chastened. Verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, without complaining. We used to have that verse, Christian wrote it down on a card and pinned it next to the chalkboard in there for the kids. Do all things without murmuring and complaining. Verse 15, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Well, we're still here in this country, and there are still believers in other countries. The church has been compromised in this country by false teachers and false doctrine godless denominational avenues hey, but we're in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world why do people hate us <clears throat> um the uh, social media channels, particularly with word of mouth, you see what's out there. I want to know. I want to know. If you've got a, a corrupt individual in your company, in your midst, wouldn't you want to know where they're coming from, how they're thinking, what their potential to do evil might actually be? But they hate anything to do with the Word of God. I listened to uh, Matt Walsh, an 
in an interview the other day, and I haven't seen that documentary, What is a Woman? You have to pay $9 to see it. I'm sure it'll come out where I don't have to pay and I can be chancy. But he was talking about it, and I saw clips from it. And he said, I very deliberately did not use my Christianity. I did not use the Bible in any way. Because they always say, they always want to attack God. They want to attack Jesus. They want to attack Christians who believe in Jesus. He said, I wasn't going to give them that ammunition. So I did it in a very logical way. And he did. Unfortunately, society, in America in particular, has degenerated to the point where we even have a woman sitting on the Supreme Court. I guess she was approved. I just stopped paying attention. Ketanji Brown Jackson could not say what a woman was. One of the senators said, can you define a woman? And she could not or would not do it. Because that does not go along with the liberal worldview where men can be pregnant, apparently. They think these things. How do they, how do they come up with that? Well, they just take a woman who's taken male hormones and grows a beard claims to be a guy and she ends up pregnant anyway. Well, this is a pregnant man. We can't let that go. We are called upon St. Ephesians chapter 5. We are to expose the wickedness, the wicked ways. We don't just say, oh, well, that's you and this is me. You don't have to be rude about it. And Matt Walsh was not rude in any way. But those people kept getting madder and madder. And madder. They knew they didn't have a leg to stand on. They knew that they had already staked out a completely indefensible position insofar as logic goes. They get mad. When these people get mad on social media, why do they want to bash the Bible and Jesus Christ and, and believers in Christ, the Christians, they never bash Islam, Muhammad, Allah. They never bash the Hindu gods, Krishna, and all 14 million of the rest of them. Some they, reason they don't uh, make monopoly money, forgeries. Right. Not real. Yeah. Right. So they're not fearful of these. Uh, Muslims, these Hindus, oh, and they love pagans now. Oh, isn't that great? That's the that's the thing to do. Be a pagan. And, and you know this witchcraft stuff. Some kid the other day, uh, he he was putting pictures of uh, little uh, roots and little symbols on on the word of mouth, like oh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna cast a spell. You know, and you can conjure demons, but hey, in Christ, you are ten feet tall and bulletproof. Absolutely, they can't do anything to you. But yeah, you can conjure demons and cause someone else to have a whole lot of trouble. But uh, what's wrong with just loving the God who made you, loving the God who loves you and wants to save you? I don't get these people. Anything but Christ—that's that should be their mantra. Because they're absolutely fine with all this other crap. You know, like the woman with the pagan thing on her Jeep at McDonald's. 
had a had a witch and, and, and said uh, the bumper sticker said we've got cookies come on over we've got cookies it said come to the dark side yeah and I was following around the store that day and I said I hear y'all got Kool-Aid too <laughs> I'm sure she went home and went double double toil and trouble <laughs> anyway is that, yeah, it's six. You think you are, I would tell him or her. You know, um, there is power in evil, but there is no power over sealed Christians at their hands. Now, if you get far enough off the reservation, God might allow a run-in with one of them in your case. This is what Paul says when he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling in Philippians 2 and verse 12. Live your life, but, but understand, if I stray from my Lord and His tenets, His precepts, His commands, and I, I find myself comfortable away from him doing things that I know full well I shouldn't do some will come come to pass he will get your attention in any number of ways remember in John 3.16 a little bit further on I said men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil yeah <coughs> Anyone practicing evil hates the light, will not come to the light, lest their deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen. But they hate the light, they will not come to the light. Right, and they see you. Well, I mean, and you know, Paul, I have trouble finding this verse when I want it. It's in 2 Corinthians, and it's either in chapter 2 or chapter 4. I never can remember. But uh, it's in chapter 2. 2 Corinthians 2. Pick it up in verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved, and in them that perish, to the one we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor, the scent, the, the smell of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? Um, What's the address there? Uh, 2 Corinthians 2, uh, verse 14. Uh, I read through 16. Let me just finish with 17. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. So, you wonder why somebody don't like you? They don't want to be around you? Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. I came to bring division. I came to bring a sword. From now on, there'll be five in a family. Three against two, two against three. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother. And then he goes over some of the in-laws. You're going to have these conflicts. If Jesus is bringing the division, and he said he is, easy to see, 
somebody's saved, somebody's in Christ, you smell like death to them, according to what we just read. You, you are the stench of, of a corpse to them. But to those who are in Christ, you're a sweet-smelling savior. So, uh, I have noticed an increase in, and, and, and I, I really like monitoring these social media pages. I want to see what's out there. I want to see what's going on. If there are rattlesnakes in this little section of ground I'm going to throw my tent on, I'd like to know that they're there. I want to hear them rattle. Maybe I want to make them rattle a little bit so I can find them, right? And, um, but you find out the condition of the heart of certain folks is, seems to be beyond repair. It's been that way. But in this day and age, we have instruments to let us see, especially when they think they're anonymous and you don't know who they are. They've got some bogus screen name, not that we're immune to that, but uh, you kind of have to be at times. But uh, I don't think it's a really hard stretch to find, figure out Dan Bank Steel is Dan Newberg. But, um, <sighs> I, uh, what about every single photo of somebody in a pool table is really forest? Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure people caught onto that forest. You might want to change yeah, it. Yeah, I, I wanted to know. <laughs> I'm not allowed to put my real name. People ask, why are you cowering behind a, a fake profile? It's like, I would have my real name, but it's been banned from here. So, I mean, like, it's the best I can do. <laughs> yeah. They know who we are. Yeah. Twitter's kicking out so many different people. People are going over to other places. Well, that's probably true. Probably um, just kicking out the box. Yeah, and that's why Musk backed off on his deal. He says you, you're not, you, you act like you've got all these tens of hundreds of millions of users, and most of it's not real people. So, yeah. Okay, so. Um, I think it was a whole setup. Who knows? Who knows? I know that Musk put on Twitter a picture of this character with about 40 cameras on his head. You see that, Ron? <laughs> and it said, uh, it was captioned with Hunter Biden every time he makes a new crack deal or does something, what was the rest of it? But Someone was a prostitute. Uh, hires a prostitute or buys crack. In other words, it's all out there for everybody to see. He's doing this. He has he, been he, doing he, it. It's he, on he video. He said eight months on cinematography. Yeah. <laughs> and so this uh, trollop from uh, MSNBC. There's a scale out there waiting to crack and film it and make it. Sure. Um, she writes um, something like, wouldn't it be nice, Mr. Musk, if you could use your extensive influence to... To, to create positivity and affirmation and do the world good. And uh, then he wrote, wouldn't it be nice if MSNBC did that? <laughs> <coughs> so he's a sharp dude. All right. You want to be blameless and harmless, verse 15, Philippians 2. The sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Let your light shine. Jesus said, don't put it under a basket. 
the Sid Bushel and the KJV, same same situation. You know, the let the light shine. Don't be ashamed to say I'm a Christian. You know, because a lot of people can be a little bit skittish. When I first became a believer, I was that way. You don't want people. Yeah, because I didn't want to get mocked. Because I remembered what I had been, and I knew that there's still people out there that were like me, like I used to be. Verse 16, holding forth the word of life that I may be re- uh, may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus, as Timothy, shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your, your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father he hath served with me in the gospel. Paul considered himself Timothy's father. He is in the faith. He brought the young man to Christ. Him therefore I hope to send presently. So soon I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I supposed it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, and companion in labor, a fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you, and was full of heaviness, because that you had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore to the more to the more carefully that when you see him again you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. Because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. I guess we can get pretty sick as believers sometimes. But if we serve the Lord in the midst of it, I believe He restores us. Charles Stanley was getting dementia pretty bad. It was evident. This was 10 years ago. He's past 90 now and he's still preaching. Well, God gave him back his mental faculties. I think possibly when Charles' son ran off the rails. Yeah, turned away from where he needed to be biblically. He's got one of them big old power churches. I forget what it's called. It's in northern Georgia. But, um, and he's not wrong on everything. But as they say, rat poison is 97% good food. If you're going to teach a good, preach a good sermon and come to find out later, you think that people can get saved through Krishna and saved through 
Muhammad, then you got issues with the Bible you claim to believe. You know? We're right at an hour in, and that's about what we've been doing. We finished the first two chapters, and I'm glad we were able to do that. Try to remember everyone on the prayer list. Uh, we need wisdom for us all, and we need um, God's favor. Just, just pray for wisdom for one another. Pray for God's favor for yourself and for others. And um, get ready to close here. All right, Forrest, you're on. All right. Thank you, God, for this day and for all your many blessings. Thank you that we've been able to come here and meet again in peace and study your word. Please give us all wisdom and understanding that we may apply your word in our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.